Hello and welcome back to the History of Ancient Spartan Society, Episode 12, Control of the Helots. In this episode, we are focusing on the control of the Helots and the way that they were viewed by the ancient and modern historians of their time, as well as their opinions on how successful they controlled them. The Helots outnumbered the Spartans 7-1, to so how did they control them? There were a few ways that the Spartans controlled the Helots, including the Ephors declaring war on them through the Cryptia, humiliation and abuse of power, the constant work they did to upkeep the Kleros of their master and more humiliation through the Sistia. The Helots were largely comprised of the people in the neighbouring state Messenia, who got defeated in the 7th century BCE and enslaved, creating a large underclass of state-owned slaves. They were tied to the land and treated harshly by the Spartans for hundreds of years. The Helots were poorly treated and they were richly humiliated, beaten and forced to wear dogskin clothing. They were force-fed alcohol until they were horrifically drunk just to teach Spartan teenagers a lesson about alcohol abuse. Members of the Spartan Cryptia would stalk and kill the strongest of the Helots just to remind them of their place below the Spartans. Every now and then, the Helots would rebel and their Spartiate masters who spent their lives training for war brutally crushed these rebellions, leaving the Helots without any chance of escape. From the words of ancient historian Lampompus, the Helots were the citizens of the neighbouring states, Messenia and Laconia, who were enslaved, captured and owned by the state of Sparta. Compared to other states, the Helots were owned by the state and not by individuals. Although they were owned by the state, Helots still had to work for the individuals on their estates and allotments. To maintain their ridiculous and unique lifestyle, the Spartans had no hesitation in exploiting the Helots and forcing them to take part in some crazy task. They did this to show their dominance and superiority they believed they had over the Helots. Ancient poet Tyrtus provides essential information towards the control of the Helots, as he was a soldier and therefore has first-hand information and sources. He compared the Helots to asses exhausted under great loads, under painful necessity to bring their masters full half the fruit they ploughed land produced. He believed the tasks of the Helots were mainly agricultural and they were required to hand over half their produce to their Spartiate masters that they farmed from their land. The remaining half was theirs to use. As well as restricted property rights, the Helots had some marriage rights. Generally, however, they had no legal or political standing in the community. He believes that when Spartiates went to war, they were accompanied by several Helots, who probably acted as aides or servants. Units of helots, such as lightly armed slingers, took part in skirmishes. It appeared that on rare occasions, helots could be rewarded with citizenship for deeds performed during military service. Ancient sources indicate that the Spartans feared the helots because of their sheer number of them. Modern historians estimate and place helot numbers between 17,000 and 224,000 individuals. The sheer number of helots was spread around and throughout allotments of individual Spartans to ensure they did not band together to revolt. Another ancient historian and philosopher who goes by the name of Plato commented in the quote, The most vexed problem in Greece is that of the helot system, which some maintain to be good, others bad. He also remarked on the frequency of slave revolts in Messenia. He then went on to say, The Spartans took extra precautions against the helots. 
They had removable armbands on their shields, special locks, and always carried a spear in fear of a helot revolt or attack. Plato believed that the way the Spartans controlled the helots was detrimental to their city and caused major havoc among society. The following quote is from the life of Lycurgus, written by Plutarch. And in other ways, also, they were harsh and cruel to the helots. For instance, they would force them to drink too much strong wine and then introduce them into their public messes to show the young men what a shame drunkness was. They also ordered them to sing songs and dance dances that were low and ridiculous, but to let the nobler kind alone. Plutarch again documents the harsh and cruel behaviours that they implemented in groups such as the Sestia or the Mess. The Mess is a place where all adults were required to be members of dining groups. These groups were established by Lycurgus and he decreed that all people, young and old, rich and poor alike, should eat the same plain food. The Sestia was designed to give daily expression to the concept of Spartan equality and encourage fellowship and unity. The Mess is where the Spartans came to socialise and dine. During these meals, there would be social groupings where men would impart their wisdom to others. The food eaten in the mess was mostly provided by the helots. Plutarch documents that the helots provided 77 litres of barley, lots of olive oil, 39 litres of wine, 3 kilograms of cheese and 1.5 kilograms of figs. All this produce came from the helots' own farming and their produce was on Spartan allotments. In Plutarch's eyes, this was a way of controlling the helots, but also abusing and using them for much more. The Spartans would take advantage of the helots' farming and harvesting skills through the taking of resources and goods, which were used in the Sestia, but at the same time make them stay as they would get to keep the leftover foods. Drinking was strongly controlled, and it was considered to be shameful to be drunk. So another way of controlling the helots was through bringing them in and making them drunk as an example of the effects of wine. The drunken helots were then made to sing and dance in front of the Sestia. The Critea was a uniquely Spartan practice of controlling its helots' population through creating a culture of fear. Plutarch gives a vivid description of the Critea and its activities in the following quote. The magistrates would send those who gave them the best impression of being the most intelligent out to the countryside. By day, the young men spread out and found remote spots where they could hide and rest, but by night they came down to the roads and murdered any helots they caught. They also often used to walk through the fields and killed the helots who were in the best shape and condition to stop them from rebelling against the Spartans. A modern source written by Hodkinson reveals the dynamic nature of the Spartan and Helot relationship as well as the Helots as Hoplites. The source states, The only definite new development in the late 5th century is Sparta's recruitment of several thousand Helots as Hoplite soldiers from the late 420s and onwards. This began with the one-off recruitment of 700 Helots from the Brasidas campaign in northern Greece in 424 BCE and continued with the creation of the Neodamidas, a permanent force of ex-Helots given their freedom on enrolment. By 390, they numbered several thousand strong and formed a mainstay of Sparta's overseas campaigns. The willingness of so many helots to join up in return for their freedom should not be taken as evidence of contentment with Spartan rule, but it does illustrate the complexities of the Spartan-helot relationship and the impossibility of reducing it to the simple narrative of a helot threat. Another modern source from the University of Notre Dame states, Rewards are to be given and incentives held out for obedience and good performance. 
better clothes and shoes, more food, occasional free time, a few personal possessions. Even sexual activity can be regulated. Favoured slaves are allowed partners and perhaps charged a fee for the privilege of intercourse. And fertile women can be relieved from the work to allow further reproduction. Their children held as hostages in the meantime to guarantee individual compliancy. Most effectively of all, the hope of freedom can be offered as a reward for faithful service. If nothing succeeds, however, physical punishment is always available. Researcher K.R. Bradley from the University of Notre Dame explains the rewards given and incentives held out for obedience and good performance given to the helots. Favoured slaves can be allowed partners and perhaps charged a fee for the privilege of intercourse, and fertile women can be relieved from work to allow further reproduction with their children held as hostage, in the meantime to guarantee individual compliancy. K.R. Bradley reveals through the source that one of the most important ways the Spartans were able to successfully control the helots was through the hope of freedom. This can be offered as a reward for faithful service to the Spartans and therefore if nothing succeeds physical punishment is always available. In both the ancient and modern sources the hope of freedom is probably one of the most successful ways of controlling the helots as well as others like the Cryptia and the Cystia. Well, that is all for today's episode, History of Ancient Spartan Society and Control of the Helots. Thank you for listening and make sure you join me next week to listen and learn about Spartan religious festivals. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on all streaming services so you never miss an episode. If you like today's episode and want to continue to listen to others, visit your favourite streaming platforms as there is many more episodes to come.